Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here as always with my friend, Ronnie Kurtz, Dr. Ronnie Kurtz, assistant professor of Christian studies, assistant director of marketing, and managing editor of For the Church. I'm, we're just run out of these titles. Yeah, I, have just, to, I do a lot of stuff in my head. I should actually write these down. You'd think <laughs> so many episodes in, I would have little cue cards or something, but I'm right. just, we're just winging it. That's right. Boys and girls, we're just in here making it up as we go. <laughs> How you been, brother? I'm well, Jared. How are you? You got any beefs? Never. Never. <laughs> Member of the Get Along Gang. You know me. Yeah. I, I'm just, just I got, I got spreading beef. kindness, I got man. beefs galore. I have to be selective. Yeah. About my beefs. I've been doing a lot of traveling. I'm like in week eight of nine weeks straight now. So I'm on the downhill slope of it, but a lot of traveling. So I'm, 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 I'm pretty tired, but it's been good because my wife has been with me. Yeah, we're we're, em- we're empty nesters now. So she's able to travel with me for um, almost all of this. And so it's, it's been better and it's been great to spend the time with her. But I still, you know, there's still things that I just don't get. I don't get why it takes grown ups so long to get on an airplane. <laughs> Like, literally, like, the most you would have to do, especially even when you're getting on, like, you can sort yourself out later, but to put, just put your bag in the overhead yeah. bin or under the seat, that doesn't take but <laughs> two seconds, and then sit down. That's all you have to do. But it's like these people, they've never, you know, yeah. I, I don't understand. And then you would think once the the flight is done and you've landed, people are ready to get off. No. Nope. It's it's <laughs> it takes them longer to get off the airplane. I bet there's so many people listening to this agreeing with this beef. Yeah, but some of your beefs ev- have been like, ah, that everybody might just be agrees. You. But I guarantee some of these people who are agreeing are like, yeah, they're the ones who are standing yeah. in the aisle, yep. trying to get their earbuds out and put their newspaper on the seat and adjust their jacket and look, you know, do everything that and uh, yeah, be be self aware is all wow. I'm trying to say. Be self-aware. There you and go. And sit down. <laughs> sit down so the rest of us can get on the plane and get going. Travel beefs with Jared Wilson. Travel beefs. That's just one of them. The other thing is like Southwest, you know, they they, they do it differently. They yeah, have yeah. the little numbered signs. So you have on your on your boarding pass, you have your seat, your your lineup position. It's yeah. not your seat a, number. B, or C and so the, the seats, it's open seating. There's no seat assigned to you. But you have a number. It's A group, B group, C group, and then a number. The number of people who do not understand numerical order, that is depressing as well, that you can look at these signs and not know where 32 is (laughs) between 31 and 33. What number are you? 32. Oh, I'm 41. I'm ahead of you. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And they're they're stand there or they just stand in a, wherever they want to stand. Yeah. Y'all need to get your act together. Wow. Wow. Welcome back to Kansas City, Jerry. This world revolves around me (laughs) and everyone's, no, it doesn't revolve around me, but I might think it does because of these nice things people are saying wow, uh, in our reviews. reviews. In our reviews. I- I'll read some more reviews for us here. Um, here this comes from J.W. Johnson Preacher. Oh, I'm sorry, J.W. Johnson Dot Preacher. Ah. Yeah. Did, not to be confused with J.W. Johnson Preacher. This is the one with the dot between the Johnson and the Preacher. Unless that's a smudge on my phone. No, it's actually a dot. Proceed. It's a dot. Okay. <laughs> J.W. Johnson Preacher. Five stars. He says, only, well, or he or she, I'm assuming it's a he, only listen to this show if you want to be helped and equipped to better serve the church and grow closer to Christ. If that's not your thing, Jared and Ronnie's show is not for you. Oh, that's awesome. Great show, guys. He says, (laughs) 
Keep it up. I hope someone was like, I'm looking to be disappointed today. And then they read that review and say, well, this yeah. is not the show for me. That's awesome. <laughs> this comes from JBMan73175, and he actually signs his name at the end. And this is actually a good friend of the program, Jason Oligood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, known, otherwise known as Dugilla on, uh, on the socials. But Jason Oligood says, I'm grateful for the down-to-earth, oh, uh, five stars, I'm grateful for the down-to-earth conversations from Jared and Ronnie on topics that are relevant for the church and her people. Thanks, guys. Uh, Love you, Jason. You're a good man. Country Hick. Okay. That's, you know, you can call yourself that, I guess. Country <laughs> Hick. Five stars. Oh, they only like this because we said good things about the Happy Rant podcast. Well, there you go. Really interesting. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take it, I guess. <laughs> Western Kansas Doug. Western Kansas Doug. Five stars. The subject line, King of Transitions. Yes! <laughs> Doug says, topics are great, and I love the insight, but the best part is Jared's transitions. It is true. The on-ramp. They're it's, my favorite. There's I so mean, many speed bumps on that on-ramp, I've brother. thought about quitting the show many times, but I come back for those transitions. Thank you, Doug. He says, the transitions always get me laughing. I appreciate that. Uh, Pastor Matty T. Matty T, five stars. So grateful for the podcast. It regularly inspires new ideas, except the UFO episode. Wink, wink. Yes. All right, whatever, Matty yes, T. Yo, who was that? He's uh, Matty T. He says Matty it encourages T. me to keep my eyes on the basics and gets me thinking with more depth. And the guys are straight up hilarious. You on know, just each as funny show. as how bad some of your transitions are, is how you miss obvious transitions. Like you could have went oh, from that review. You need a little like signal to me. Like, like transition this is time. It. Transition. This is it. <laughs> You could have said exit. Speaking of exit, the highway now. That's what you need. That's what you need to do for me, brother. All right, keep going on your Otherwise, I'm just okay. Uh, one more here. <laughs> this comes from unbiased hedger. Ah, I think uh, I know who this I one is. I think I know who this is as well. The subject line: My favorite Ronnie. Hey, man. Five stars. No offense, Martin. He says of all the Ronnies that Jared does <laughs> podcasts with, Ronnie D. Kurtz is my favorite. Love that keep guy. Up that's the my great pastor, Eps, everybody. Guys. Well. Of all the Ronnies that I do podcasts called For the Church With, you're my favorite. Yeah, I'll take also. it. For those who are uninitiated, Unbiased Hedger is undoubtedly Joshua Hedger, who's the lead pastor of Emmaus Church. Where, I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't where for you, Ronnie Don is kids. one of the pastors. So, <laughs> of course, he'll be, he'll be uh, biased. No, he's unbiased. He said That's right. Title. right. He said he's yeah. unbiased there. Yeah. Um, you know what's great about being a pastor at a church? This is one of those trademark transitions. Guys, I was laughing before you even started. I you don't even know where it's going. This could be a this could be a fantastic transition. This could have been one you practiced but the moment you started. I started yeah. laughing. I think Josh's appreciation of you comes from how low maintenance you are as a fellow pastor, which reminds me of how much I appreciated when I was a pastor. Low maintenance church That's members. That's not terrible. That That's was not, not a terrible transition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. Sometimes so it's there like you watching go. You a should, car wreck. You should feel bad. <laughs> you should feel bad for laughing at me. Low maintenance church members. What they are? How to be one? Why do they bless pastors? Let me. So I came up with this phrase. I think I'm sure it's been used before, but um, I started writing about this a few years ago when I started reflecting. Um, just to be, you know, to give some personal background on this. When I started re reflecting after my last pastorate about how much time my week, my month, just my regular schedule was taken up with people who, uh, who needed me, and I didn't begrudge that at all. This is, not, this is not me saying that you shouldn't ever need your pastor, or yeah. if you do, you should never say something or anything like that. It's, 
it'd be hurt, you know, hurtful to need pastoring in a particular and specialized way and and not say to your pastor and not say that to your pastor because you think he's too busy or something yeah. like that. That was hurtful to me. Um, so this is not begrudging people who need help or who ask for help. But I realize that most of my time is spent with people. Um, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind That's of exactly thing. Exactly right. And then the every now and again when I would spend time with somebody just because I wanted to, or they were just inviting me out for lunch or coffee. But more often than not, I would just say, hey, I'm going to come you know, visit you or something like that. And there was no circumstance for it or, or occasion for it. It was just to spend time with people. How life-giving that was yes. to me, how, yeah. what a blessing it was to them. And I realized coming out of it, like if I had spent more time with less needy or low-maintenance church members, let me say that, low-maintenance church members, I think it would have worked against some of the um, discouragement that I yes. felt and even sense of burnout that I felt. So please don't hear this as if if you're someone who needs care, pastoral care, as a rebuke to you. And in fact, all people at certain seasons of their life need more help than they do at other times. That's so right. we're all broken people. We're all sinful people. And so we need help. So don't hear it as a rebuke of being high maintenance in that regard. But just, and by the way, yeah. Even though we're going to talk about in this episode how amazing low maintenance church members are, I love being needed yeah. as a pastor. Not not in a sinful way either. Sure, I mean, it, it serves well. This I love my people. A good hearted pastor goes into ministry because he loves people exactly. and wants to help people. That's right. I just want to yeah. advocate for what you're saying. I, my my one worry about this episode is that someone yeah hesitates to call their pastor because they don't want to be high maintenance. Yeah. So um, I'm, I, let's just set that aside. So those are our caveats. I mean, yeah, yeah, and and so I don't want anyone to to hear what we're not saying. That's right. Yep. So let's put that aside for now and just say, I came to appreciate the low maintenance church member. And then now that I'm not a pastor coming into, um, you know, trying to be a good uh, brother at Liberty Baptist Church where I'm a member and I have some, you know, ministry responsibilities, but I'm not an elder there. Um, I see it as my goal is I want to be a low maintenance church member. I want my pastors to... To, to think of me as someone who was uh, not a burden, but a blessing. And that doesn't mean that there's never going to be brokenness in my life or there's ever, you know, never going to be trouble in my life that I can't control. But to the extent that I'm able to control, how can I pursue being low maintenance? Ronnie, how are low maintenance church members uh, blessings to you? How would you follow, yeah, you know, quantify I, I, that? Yeah, I love this question. The first time I ever heard this phrase was actually from a church member okay. uh, who might have picked it up from you, but it was, from Dr. Russ Meek, who you know, oh, yeah. uh, a friend of ours. Yeah, uh, He was a, one of the first members of Emmaus. And I remember him telling me that he wanted to be this early on. And he really was. I mean, it was uh, when I was around him, it was nine times out of 10 life-giving. And it wasn't, you know, exhausting or I didn't think of it as work. I just felt like, you know, I was with a friend, a, yeah. a fellow member who was, we were just doing, you know, hanging out and enjoying one another's company. And I remember how honorable when he said that. I remember thinking, that is remarkably honorable. And I've even taken that into like my own vocational settings, like being a professor here. I've even told our provost, Jason Dusing, I want to be a low, ma low maintenance faculty member. I want, to, I want you to, you know, just assume I'm carrying the vision forward in ways that you would want me to if you were in the room. Yeah. As opposed to you constantly having to worry about like, what's wrong with him? He's always complaining, those kinds of things. Right, right. Maybe a good diagnostic test on this conversation 
I actually pulled my phone up uh, just so I could read this, um, and I just lost it. Goodness. Um, I have a church member who texts me often. Here it is. I got this text this morning. This was at uh, 7, 18 a.m. I got a text that said, gentlemen, this is to all of our pastors at Emmaus. Okay. Gentlemen, know that each of you and your families remain in my prayers today. My prayer today is particularly that God would give you discernment and gentleness and the ability to demonstrate love to your family as you shepherd your own family through many decisions of life and ministry. Know that each of you are greatly loved by me and my wife, and you will always remain in my prayers. Mm. I got the text at 718. That's, that's one of yeah. the first texts I got today. That's beautiful. I could have read that and known exactly who texted to me. Okay. Because that's what this brother does. Yeah. Uh, when I see his name on my phone, I know it's going to be something like that. Right. And maybe a good diagnostic is what, again, don't overdo it, but what do you think your pastor's reaction is when he sees your name pop up on his phone? Yes. Does he know it's, does he, does your name on his phone mean, okay, there goes my Monday. Yeah. Here is now four hours of really difficult work. Yes. Or is it like, okay, oh I'm excited to read this. It's probably going to be something encouraging or funny or, or you know, yeah. what have you. I, I think that's really helpful. I don't want my pastors when they see me coming to have to kind of internally grit their teeth, hold their yes, breath. Yes, yes. You know, to have a low-grade anxiety when I show up worrying about what I'm going to be saying or nitpicking or bringing up or anything like that. Um, I'm, I'm drawing particularly from um, Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 17, where the author says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy mm. and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So he's even a, a, appealing to our level of self-interest as well. It's actually not to your advantage to cause your pastors to groan. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, and so that's how I think of it is, do I want my pastors to identify my name popping up on their phone or their email inbox or me showing up? in their presence with joy, or do I want them to uh, equate it with a sense of groaning? Like, yeah. oh no, what's, what's next? Yep. What are they going to do next? What's that's he going to say this time? So that's kind of what I'm getting at with, in terms of being a low-maintenance church member. And they really do bless pastors. They can help pastors um, have a great joy in their ministry. They're refreshing presences to uh, pastors, encouraging. Um, you know, they're an encouraging presence to pastors. Um, let's talk for just a few minutes about how to become one. So if somebody's listening, and they're like, oh, gosh, I don't know what people, you know, what my pastors think when they see my name pop up on their phone or in their email inbox or they see me coming. I want to be a low-maintenance church member. What are some things that members can do to pursue being low-maintenance? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, being aware of your own church um, is really helpful. So know, you know, what does your church care about right now in this season? What are the needs of your church in this season? How can you push the needle towards missional faithfulness and towards missional joy? Um, one of the things I have felt the last couple of months is that COVID, I could recognize I'm a lay elder, so I'm not paid by my church at all. Um, and part of part of lay eldership I'm learning is just different than what vocational eldership is. And I could see the paid pastors of my church starting to get tired from COVID and tired from the race battles and cultural headwinds and all these things. And I kind of took it upon myself to be just a church optimist. And uh, I wanted to, anytime there was a moment in which something could be praised about uh, the church, I wanted to take that opportunity 
And so when I saw a thing that's praiseworthy about them or about the church or about anything else that's happening in the life of the church, I wanted to praise that. And I wanted to be basically a shot of joy in Mm. the paid pastor's life because I could just tell, man, they're tired. They are so tired. And I think one of the best things I can do for my church is make sure these guys remain happy. (laughs) Yes. And so I just tried. I mean, there were, there's always times when something could be better. That's always true. You can always fix this or that program or, you know, do kids ministry better, of course. (laughs) And there are probably proper opportunities and avenues to bring those up. But often those get voiced and the small appreciations never do. And so I think just, you know, trying to think, how can I even in small ways move the needle on my pastor's joy? A couple of ticks today. Yeah. I think that's a good question to ask. And sometimes, by the way, I have to be careful saying this, that doesn't mean hanging out with them. Mm. <laughs> that, yeah. That's just me being fairly transparent. Brother, I just want to be an encouragement to you. Can I have just uh, like six hours this Saturday <laughs> so that I can just be a real blessing to you? That's exactly right. I, I mean, sometimes you. like bless me by sending me some takeout while I watch Sunday football. I mean, mm. that's, like, that's what I want, you know, yeah. but I can't say that. So I'm saying it on your pastor's behalf. <laughs> yes. Uh, he actually probably needs some alone time unless he's Nathan Rose yeah. and is a diehard <laughs> extrovert. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, how can, you, how can you move the pastor's needle towards joy a few, a few clicks? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, encouragement obviously is a, is a big step to that as you were you know, demonstrating there. There's a fellow, um, and you know, he's a good friend of the seminary and a graduate from here as well, Ed Romine, who is a member was a member of Liberty Baptist Church. He's now doing ministry in Utah. Um, but he was just a constant encouragement. When a text would come in, I know it's Ed saying, where, you know, where are you preaching next? Well, I'll be praying for you and, yep. and keeping up with those things. Always just, you know, saying he's going to, you know, be praying for me. And then I have, as a, as a member, you know, um, I receive encouragement from all my pastors in different ways. But one of my pastors, uh, Stephen, Pastor Stephen, he uh, texts me probably every other week just to encourage, say he's praying, ask if there's something he can be praying for. Those little touches, I, I just know that that's going to be an encouragement, um, you know, coming in um, as, as well. This is how I generally think about it, being uh, low maintenance as a church member, myself as a church member, not just towards my pastors, but to the church. I just want to let everybody off the hook. Yes. Like you're not on the hook with me. That's, that's great. So it's, it's about like turning off, and you were kind of, you know, addressing this as well in what you were sharing. You turn off the evaluative mode. Yes. I don't go to church to see if the music is exactly what I would have chosen. I don't go there to see if the coffee you picked was exactly what I would have chosen. I don't go there to see that the sermon is preached exactly the way that I would have preached it, so on and so forth. I just I throw the, the checklist away. I, I'm there to be a good brother, a contributor, a receiver of the gospel. Um, I was sharing with my... <laughs> With my community group a couple of weeks ago, we were just kind of talking about you know uh, people's experience of church and everything, and I was kind of remarking. So I'm an introvert, and I can I think come off as standoffish to some people, and sometimes I I do. I'm quiet, and I'll I'll retreat to the corner, I'll go to the car, or whatever it is after church, those sorts of things. So I do kind of withdraw. I do, but I want everyone to know there are times where I um I just want to walk into church. This is what I said to my small group. I just want to wear a T-shirt that says. Uh, you're cool with me. <laughs> so that anybody who sees it will just know, oh, all right, Jared's cool with me. I know where I'm, I stand. I'm cool with Jared. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I'm letting you all off the hook. You don't owe me anything. Um, I'm not here for you to, to be measured by me. I'm not here to measure you. 
Um, there's nothing that you have to do to, to appease my preferences. I don't come in with a with the you know the the gauge set to disappointment, and yes. you got to prove yourself. I don't think that way about my pastors, and I don't think that way about my brothers and sisters. That's so helpful. You know, man. you're you, off the hook. That's a great. I'm just line. I'm letting you all off the hook. Yep. That's how. That's the kind of perspective that I want to yep. have. So when I hear things about, gosh, you know, so and so is leaving the church because they just didn't feel, you know, that people were welcoming enough and that sort of thing, and 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 I understand, you know, there's there's different isolated experiences that we all have, but it, it boggles my mind sometimes because I just think, well, I mean, maybe you know, somebody on you know particular Sunday didn't do exactly what I would want, or you know, maybe somebody didn't reach out the way that I would want them to, but you know what, I'm just I'm just letting everybody off the hook. Yeah. I have a spirit of forgiveness. I'm not there to receive a certain experience. I'm That's so I'm, good. I'm there to uh, to love people yep. and to hear about the love of God. Yep. And uh, I consider that a win if I can walk out on a Sunday, and um, and everybody else. If you ever wondered, gosh, where do I stand with Jared? Um, <laughs> just look at a shirt. Yeah, look at my shirt. Yeah, you're yeah, I'm and cool that's with just, you. You're I mean, cool that's with me. so important. It is so hard to do ministry long term with a person, a brother or a sister in any context, who every time they come into the meeting. It just feels a touch heavier. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's hard. Yes. It's hard to maintain that. Yeah. Where, whereas like if you come into the room and I don't want like everything to be all jokes and stuff. I mean, ministry is serious. Yeah. But I mean, this is hard work. Yes. Like it's, it's hard work. Yeah. I just want to ask because every church has the one or two people. And I, I just want to ask everyone who's listening to consider, are, are you that person? Are you this, the one who is always sending some kind of evaluation? some sort of criticism, an expression of disappointment. You want your pastors to be less of something or more of something else. You wish they'd say more about a particular issue or less about a particular. There's, there's these little preferences. There's these dials that you have, and you raise them up or down depending on the, on the issue, topic, your feeling or experience. Evaluate whether that's you. Yeah. And consider the impact over time. One or two here or there spread out over long. I mean, that's, that's a different thing. But just over time is the residual impact of being your pastor um, one of disappointment or discouragement. Yes. Are you that kind of presence? I also just think a huge piece mm. of this and is, is just pursuing personal holiness. Yep. So it's not just about your disposition in terms of are you encouraging or not encouraging? Are you a giver or a taker? That sort of thing. But are you someone who's going to need to be disciplined in six months? Because you are giving yourself to sin unrepentantly, yep. and right now you can think you can you can manage it, and it's private and secret. But you're you know full you know head of steam into this stuff, pornography or whatever it is, and, and you're going to be on the care list, or you're going to be potentially someone who's brought up for discipline. Are you headed for that? You may not be there now, but the pursuit of holiness, pursuing boundaries in in, in your life pursuing purity in your life and the fruit of the spirit which is you know the disposition the of what holiness looks like people who are gentle and kind and patient and 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 loving and and all those sorts of things are you pursuing personal holiness that's yeah. a way to be low maintenance as right. as well you take responsibility for your own and typically sanctification ma- mature people are easily matured yes. and so if you are pursuing holiness you're not going to be evaluating. You're going to say, man, I'm grateful for and what And easily edified. That's right. Easily yeah. edified. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and on the line of uh, you reading that, that passage is really helpful. On the line of it being good for you, if you are, if you can only do this by virtue of self-interest, uh, two quick cases in which two different members 
families that are that are very easy sheep at Emmaus yeah. with two different situations. One family been with us for years, very easy family to pastor. I love them. I love spending time with them. They had a crisis as mm. a family. I mean, you know, a kind of thing that would have torn most families apart. And I remember all of the pastors. I mean, it's not as if we're not game to to you know fight for the long haul for any family, but a, but especially this family. All pastors, it was like hands in, we'll do whatever it takes to see this family across the Jordan kind of thing. Yes. Because they're so lovable. We love them so much. And on the other side, I have a I have a brother who I've been in small group with him in, in a small group with him for years. One of the easiest sheep I've ever had to lead. And he has decided to leave Emmaus to help a, a church plant closer to his home, which is an honorable reason to leave a church. And he called me to break the news to me, and I was heartbroken. Mm. I remember like, no, Lord, take anyone else. Just don't. This is like a really important source of joy for my own pastoral ministry. And there are a lot of people that I just don't feel that way whenever they tell me they, they're leaving. You know, this yeah. brother was like, oh, that's such a personal hit because I love him. I love yeah. the joy he brings. And so, yeah, along with what Jared was saying, it being good for you, if you're typically you're defined most often by an e- being an easy sheep. You'll likely get pastors to fight for you more, and pastors will be just heartbroken if you're gone and love when you're there. Yes. So, yeah, low maintenance church membership, something to pursue. Amen. I think that was a bad transition out of the episode. <laughs> hey, I don't know what what you else. Decided this we decided. We that's the end. Let's go now. <laughs> we we've said it all. May Jesus be big. <laughs> I want to be a low-maintenance podcast host. Why would I just keep milking the episode? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I think we've said everything we could say. I love it. Well, we could say more, but we've said (laughs) everything that that needs to be said. Uh, I I agree. Yes. Listener, if you agree with me and Ronnie on that. If not, keep talking. That's right. You can leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.